Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, who do I tell? So Karen and I both have a fair amount of experience working in, in groups and in organizations where some people know something and other people don't. And this is normal, right, in, uh, in, in groups. Uh, and also, we have noticed that groups behave a little strangely when some people know something and other people don't. And we're not sure who we can tell, who we should tell, who needs to know, what do they need to know. We run into things around secrecy or confidentiality or transparency or gossip. And all of those words are about somebody knowing something and somebody else not knowing it and how that information spreads and flows. And so we wanted to explore a little bit here today what we have noticed around information uh, being either held or withheld uh, or shared and how it gets shared and what needs to get shared and what reactions we notice when those sorts of things happen. And we've got a variety of different experiences I think we're gonna, we're gonna dig into <laughs> here to try and tease out some, from, some nuance actually from the really complicated topic. Uh, and I think we're only gonna skim the surface of some stuff here today. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, so I, I think it's also worth saying, Paul, that you and I have a shared bias toward transparency. Um, and I think for me, that comes from an awareness that information is power. There is, a, there is a power in holding information. And when we're trying to be collaborative in general, sharing out that power and spreading it out and, and really disempowering the information, the secret, and making it known to everybody is generally what I would aim for. I mean, that's the direction I'd wanna go. And if we're not feeling like we can do that overall, like we're, like nobody can ever know this, like if that's the energy, then I'd get really curious about where that is and why that is. And, and I'd begin to ask about, do we really have safety with each other? Like, do we need to go back and do some safety building? Do we need to do some relationship building and that kind of thing? So that transparency becomes safer and more possible and authenticity and all that sharing. So I just wanna give it that frame that the bias is towards transparency and you need a certain level of foundational safety in relationships to do that. So I'm gonna suggest for this conversation, we're gonna assume now that we're in a group that has a fundamental foundation of some safety. We've done some group relationship work um, in general, we're a place where we can be authentic and show up. Yeah. And the thing that I will say about why the bias for transparency exists is that idea that when I know that you have a piece of information that you are not sharing with me, that is detrimental to collaboration. That is detrimental to the relationship. Now, I, I think we can establish some safety around that when I know why you are not sharing it with me. And I trust why. For example, it's like, you might be someone in an organization that has knowledge of why a certain person is no longer employed at that organization. And for legal reasons, you cannot discuss it with me. And I can accept that. Um, and still I could want to know. <laughs> so so our, our, our bias for transparency is largely because transparency enables collaboration and withholding information and known withholding information and discovered withholding of information. It is a, is an impediment to uh, to 
to collaboration. But yes, in order to be able to, to do that, in order for that to work well, you do have to have that foundation of trust that people can, that most information can be shared. And I think where it really gets interesting is when we start finding those things where we start going, I don't trust that this can be shared widely. I don't feel safe being transparent about this. And I think it's interesting to think about what some of those reasons are um, and or what some of the reasons we tell ourselves are. Yeah, I mean, I think the first big source of reasons that we shouldn't we shouldn't talk about that um, are just societal norms. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about politics. We don't say negative things about each other. We don't talk about why somebody was fired. We don't like there's this whole set of things that we're not allowed to talk about because big bad things will happen. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not, the, the big bad things will happen actually isn't proven out when there's been research done. I mean, there are companies that make everybody's salary public. Mm -hmm. Like everybody knows what everybody makes and that actually works, they think pretty well. Um, and so there's, there is that just social norm of, <gasps> we can't talk about that. And I, I guess where I say with that one is, let's dig deeper. Like, okay, so you have an instinct about that. What actually is served there mm -hmm. and, and who is served there and how does that play out? And is there actually a reason given how we are choosing to engage with each other in this space that that information shouldn't be shared? Right, it's that shifting from, again, the norm, what we're used to, to what's actually useful in this space. Like, let's get specific about us here now could we talk about that and would it be useful for us uh, rather than just going to that default? I think there's, um, the, on the safety point, there's also the piece, and this is where this idea of confidentiality comes up, right? Where it's like, I'm feeling like there's some stuff that I wanna say, but I'm worried about what the consequences of people knowing that I have said that uh, show up. Uh, and that's where confidentiality shows up in a lot of different uh, different environments that you and I both sort of deal with. And fundamentally, that is also secret keeping, right? Not attributing, you know, what said, got said uh, to whom. One of the things, for example, in a lot of workshops that I do or things that I do, our agreement about confidentiality is that people can share what they experienced, like what they learned, like what it was like for them, right? Because that story is personal to them. Um, and they can talk about the outcomes that, you know, the group got to, but they're not allowed to share what somebody else said or who shared what, like no attribution, right? You know, oh, Bob said that, right? And we, what you could say is the group discussed this issue, but, and, and this was the conclusion that we came to. And oftentimes that's really useful to actually broadcast uh, in, in a group, <laughs> right? We discussed this issue, but not say, well, Bob brought this up and made a very perspective, uh, a very persuasive argument, and so we decided to do it. Um, that isn't always as useful, um, but it is interesting to think about like, what are the things that I'm worried about saying that if someone outside the space that I'm saying them in were to know that I said them? Yeah, and I think there really are spaces for confidentiality because confidentiality brings safety. Yeah, so, you know, when I'm working with consulting clients and working through conflicts, you know, if I'm in a room with somebody, they can count on, I'm not going to go tell their story to anybody else. Mm -hmm. That it isn't mine to tell. And I, and I am really, I I'm sitting in the position of, I'm, I'm just a mirror they can bounce things off of. It is not my job to go tell. 
and, and I don't. So, you know, so there's that kind of confidentiality. But again, I'm not part of that system in a direct way, right? I'm an outside supporter of the system. So that makes it different. Um, but I think there is the piece about where confidentiality, the flip side of that is if, for example, you're sitting in a meeting and we say, okay, we're going to make a decision and everything that's said here is confidential and nobody outside this room is ever going to share it. Uh, there are a few problems with that. One is human nature. If you're saying, I mean, that, that might work between two, it will never work between 20. <laughs> Some, I want to say it was Mark Twain or somebody who said, you know, a secret with one other person is a secret and a person with the third person ain't ever happening. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's generally true. And then the other piece of it is that what you're setting up then is when somebody else joins the group or so, like other people will be aware that this, in, this decision or this conversation will impact more broadly than just the room you're sitting in. And so it will come up and somebody will say, you know, even six months later when the energy of this shows up in the space and somebody new says, what, what is that? What's going on with that? I mean, they pick up that there's something touchy there. And everybody is, oh, it's confidential. We can't talk about it. And that new person is excluded. That new person, you know, they, they feel left out and, and they feel unsafe. Like there's something big in the room energetically. And I'm not even allowed to know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that power dynamic comes into play. So, so confidentiality absolutely, I think, has value. And there are dangers associated with it. And I particularly get concerned about it where it's um, uh, more than more than a pair of people. And I think the useful question to ask in and sort of at the end of as part of any sort of confidential discussion is, what are we going to share with whom? Like, how are we going to do that? Like, because ideally, the reason why you, that conversation, whether it be, you know, one on one, like with a coach or in a small group that's, that's sort of making a decision, right, they want to create that safe space to explore some possibilities and then do something with that exploration. And they need to be very clear about what are they going to do with that, that they are going to communicate out? What are they going to say? But, and, and I think, um, and that's a, so a thing that I will often do. And it's like, if I'm having a conversation, for example, with a client uh, as, as a coach, and they're largely telling me about how things are going with one of their coworkers, my job there is to shift them back to actually being able to have a conversation with their coworker. Right? I talk about I talk about how my job is to help them talk with each other more than about each other, and this is where mm -hmm. we get into you know gossip, right? Or it's like great, that's useful if it helps you figure out how you want to engage with that other person. So I'm always going to be pointing back to what have you shared with me that you can tell them, mm -hmm. and what has been discussed in this group that will be shared out. And the more we're actually able to share and be transparent around that stuff, this was the decision we made. This was the process we followed to go through it. This was the, these were the things that we considered. I think that actually, when you share that with the larger group and you actually tell people about those things, they have less of a concern and less of a need to know, right? Of who said what, right? By, by being very deliberate about the things that we do share from a conversation that we're not fully transparent about, by being transparent about the relevant pieces of it, the pieces that actually impact the, the larger group, the rest of the group, that actually decreases the feeling by other people that they have some information that's not being told to them, that's being withheld from them.
Yeah. And I think that brings us to the, the next point I want to think about, which is also the, the how do you tell? Um, because, you know, often the transparency issue isn't, are we ever going to tell? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we, some small number of us know a thing right now. Mm-hmm. And I do think there is use, it's useful to think about what is the way to do that? I mean, it's not like, well, I know a thing, so I'm just going to chat about it with whoever I happen to have lunch with that day. And then, you know, th- there is a sort of order of things. And there's, I mean, there is some negativity that happens if somebody who was integral or, you know, had direct impacts sort of hears it randomly, accidentally through somebody who actually didn't have nearly as much need to know as they did or whatever. So there is a like, okay, so this thing happened. And for whatever reason, some of us know, and some of us don't, maybe because we were in the room when the decision got made, or maybe, you know, maybe I'm the receptionist who happened to pick up the phone. And so now I know that, right? Like there is a set of people who know for whatever reason that that occurred. Now let's think about what is the timing that works? You know, if, you know, a huge major budget problem came up and we've got a deadline that our production teams are working on, that's gotta be by the end of the week. We don't need to throw a bunch of job insecurity into that mix today, let them get through their high pressure deadline and plan a meeting for afterwards can absolutely make sense. And that's not about secret keeping, that's about being thoughtful about what is the impact that this information is gonna have and how do we wanna roll that out appropriately? Um, and, and that also comes to, okay, so now we're gonna call a meeting to share this information. And okay, there's a big meeting about this big secret thing and, and it's you know next week. <laughs> So, so how just being really thoughtful about what are the impacts and there's not good options here. I just want to say like, you, you kind of, on the one hand, you don't want to tell them a little bit when they can't hear the whole thing and answer questions. And on the other hand, how do you get them in a room to tell them the thing? So I just think recognizing it's going to be messy. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be triggering for people and, you know, different people in different ways but being thoughtful about it. And I, and I think the trend is to share, you know, as quickly as you reasonably can, um, as safely as you can, um, sharing with people in the order that work. You know, if, if somebody's losing their job, they don't need to learn that in a conference room full of people. Um, you know, like, so if there's something that's gonna land hard on somebody, but they need to hear about it one-on-one first so that then the whole conversation, like there's an order of who needs to know to think through. Um, but that in general, um, if everybody's, if it's going to leak, then just say it like, like you're better off to have it just show up. Um, and, and if, okay, we need to have a meeting. We've got some bad budget news. We're going to talk about it at this time. We'll give you all the detail then, as opposed to we're going to have a meeting. It's a big thing. I mean, the energy around it will come. Right. So like, so what is the topic of that? And, you know, we, we got some tough budget news. We do or don't expect it may impact whether we keep staff, like just that little bit of transparency and here's where the detail is or whatever that is. So just being thoughtful about how the information rolls out in addition to what gets rolled out. Yeah. As you say, like there's not necessarily a, a good way to do any of that, uh, but there are better and worse ways. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that is really the think about the way to think about it. It's like, you're right, there's not a good way, but you've got choices about how you're going to do it and think about what the impact of those choices are going to be. Two things that I like to keep in mind around that. One is 
when you know something, it is almost impossible to know what it's like not to know it. And so oftentimes the people who are making the decisions about how this information is going to roll out, they've had the time to process it. They may have been part of the decision-making or it's, it's, they've gotten to them first. So they've worked through their stuff and then they're going, well, how do we need to tell everybody else, right? And they can lose sight of how it's going to land with other people. The other thing that I, that I try to think about with that is when there's a lack of information, we fill it in. With, with rumor, with speculation, with fear, you know, with all of these things, recognize people's tendency to do that and head it off at the pass. And so when you, when you for example, if we know we're gonna have this meeting to talk about the impact of the, of the budget cuts, know what people are probably concerned about and actually address that first in the invite. You know, probably a lot of you are concerned that there are going to be layoffs. There are not going to be. We will be discussing what some of the impacts of the budget cuts are going to be tomorrow at, at two o'clock, right? And so actually, if you're worried that people are gonna hear something that you're not gonna say, uh, then, then don't then actually address that specifically, call it out. I don't want you to think this. We will be talking more about what this is actually gonna look like the other day because, because when we know that something's coming and we don't know what it is yet, we fill in all sorts of stuff in the middle there. And so that's a lot about the when we're gonna tell people, how do we tell them? There's, yeah, you're right. There's often not a good way, but there's better and worse ways. <laughs> so starting with who do we tell and this premise of sometimes, I mean, it happens, it's a normal thing to happen that somebody has information that other people don't have that they might like to have or might need to have and how and when and who gets told about that. And so what we're saying is um, be aware that it's likely to be messy. It's, it, there are power threads, power dynamics that play into this. The bias is towards transparency and there's an awareness that safety comes into that. And so there is value to confidentiality. Be very thoughtful about whether that value is really there and what the downsides of confidentiality are. Um, and there's a lot to be said about thinking through the better and worse ways to get from people don't know to people do know, and that you may not be able to predict all of that. Um, be careful not to overestimate your ability to contain the information, because um, <laughs> that's easy to do. And, and just be thoughtful about who needs to know in which order and, you know, that kind of thing, who might need to know in a safer environment or, you know, as opposed to a larger group environment, things like that. But that overall, think about really carefully about anything you think you can't tell. And if you can't tell, um, perhaps you need to say, this is why I'm not telling. That this is the thing I'm not telling you and this is why I'm not telling you. And that that likely reduces the anxiety around it. Yeah, and the, the last bit I'll add to that is that often it's useful to say, here is what I can't tell you and why, here is what I can tell you that might address that same sort of need or curiosity that's sort of under that, yeah. Well, I, think I think that's, that's gonna that's... do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. And this has been Employing Differences. <laughs>